Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Kraken's favorite oh, football oh, podcast. Did you right. know it was my favorite mythical beast? Mythical squid. <laughs> yeah. You guys know who who, who it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and me and Joe, me and JT. Uh, this is the Average Joe Football Show. I'm joined, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Thiessen. How's it going, Joe? It's going nice and good. Very good. It's going Very really good. well. Uh, yeah, I couldn't think of a name at the top of the pod. Thought of Kraken. Squid Game is a really popular thing going oh. on right now. That's kind of how I got there. You're doing, you're kind of just pandering. Yeah, pandering. Exactly. It's big on Netflix, so I want it to be big on yeah. here. Yeah. Never seen it. Never seen it. No, I never. I've never seen it either, but I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah, no, I and I'm gonna watch it at some point. Are you? Yeah, I really want to. It really seems up my alley. Uh, yeah, I I don't know about it, but we'll see. Was it too scary for you? No, you I'm not. I don't get scared. I actually like stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, it just didn't look like it was well made. What do you even mean? Oh, is it because it's Korean? No, no, no. I like. You don't think I Cor- like Asian film? Yeah. You've never talked about Korean film though. Well, I, I think it looks Japanese like it's very film. well made. Well, okay. No, it, it might be. I'm, yeah. I might be completely wrong here. I just... And listen, to be fair, if something's trending number one on Netflix doesn't technically mean that it's yeah. a good thing. It does not always mean that it's good. He's it's All good. That, which is the remake of She's All That that was featuring that one... Addison Ray. Addison Ray. I would have never came up with that name. Thank you. I watched you. Uh, Danny Gonzalez's video about yeah, that. Yeah, I did too. Is it you who likes Danny Gonzalez? I love Danny Gonzalez. Oh my goodness. Wow. I think my wife is having an affair with Danny Gonzalez. <laughs> Honestly, she loves Danny Gonzalez. She loves him. Dude, and, and get it? I get it. He he is a funny guy. Yeah, he does make funny content, but it's not like it's not like the funniest thing I've ever seen, dude. But when my wife watches it, she cannot stop laughing. She just laughs and laughs. She thinks he is so funny, and he no, he is a funny guy. So I can see why. It's just I just don't get it. Every time I watch commentary videos like that, my wife enjoys to watch them with me as well. But she she is unimpressed with commentary. She doesn't uh, she doesn't quite get why they're so popular. Oh, okay. she, she goes she goes, you could do this, and I'm like, yeah, I know, sweetie. <laughs> I know I'm as funny do as Danny Gonzalez. Do you think you could? Because it's not like live stuff. It's I just think like, I honestly think I could. Yeah. If I can do this, yeah, I just a lot of work. To yeah, do all that. Like, should we? Should you and I start like a? Okay, so we have a couple avenues we can go down if we want. Yeah, we could pull a good mythical morning. We could do like that kind of duo. Yeah, uh, we could do a uh, a Cody Co Noel Tiny Meat Gang duo. Yeah, um, we could. Would do we also s- be rappers then? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Uh, we could do Smosh. Smosh. <laughs> we could do uh, Barrett's and Beretta. Oh man, Barrett's and Beretta. I would love to be Barrett's and Beretta. I think. Uh, uh, I think that would be up right up our alley, Jake I, and Amir type. Yes, dude. Wh- wh- like, I feel like we got to do more with this. Me and you being this, this like duo. You know, I know. Both of our names are Joe. There, uh, there is so much potential for that. I think there really is, and uh, we haven't really done it so far yeah. in this podcast. We haven't leapt, I yeah. would say, on the opportunity. Even. Exactly. We're kind of even phasing out we're already phasing you out of this yeah yeah and as as, as is our friendship is also phasing yeah it's slowly phasing out so we so. need to rekindle that by trying to make monetary gain off of what we have yeah yeah and i think the only way to start doing that is to start making reels and to start making talks yeah get on the talk 
tech wise tech wise or otherwise yeah or otherwise yeah dude it's honestly uh that's that's how you have to do it you yeah. have to have a tiktok account yeah tiktok's so big right now everybody like yeah let's do a lot of fantasy how big is tic- have you realized how big it's bigger than facebook i'm honestly kind of proud to say that i don't ever go on tiktok i don't, I even don't, ha- have, I don't have a tiktok account no um it's so big. I but I don't even think I really understand how big it is because I don't have an account. It's like this is like the one thing where it's like I realize I'm getting old because I just never e- I've never even bothered to even get on TikTok. Nope. It's like I just that's just not for me. I have I have before and I can tell you what, it's no good. Yeah. As is most most social medias. Yeah, but for me TikTok was a special kind of bad. I don't know why. Well, a lot of it is yeah, a lot of it is I think garbage. I think I see a lot of it on Instagram. Instagram. Well, also Instagram garbage. is just Instagram is just TikTok. Yeah, man. that's what you see. You see a video. It's a TikTok. Yeah. Or well, they have re- Instagram Reels. What's a reel or a TikTok? And yeah. I'm not down with the talks. I do like the whole short video. That's thing. Honestly, talk sick. Talk, in my sick. opinion, it's sick and it's talk sick. Yeah. Um, I came up with the idea for Vine, so. Um, you I'm you think on, you did? Yeah, I did. No, I know. I know I did. Okay. Right before Vine came out, I said to my friend, I was in high school at the time. I said, "What if there was a social media where instead of posting statuses, you posted short videos of like, I don't know, whatever's going on?" And he said, he said to me, he said, "That's stupid. You mean like YouTube?" And I was like, "No, not like YouTube. <laughs> like, like they're short. Like the and nope, got shut down. What do you know? A few months later." Vine comes out, the biggest thing in the whole world. And now, what's the most popular form of media? Short videos. Yeah. Unbelievable. I could be rich. Yeah. You Well, yeah, you could be. I would never be able to have the means to actually create no. it. No. Absolutely it not. It was an that, idea. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you ever use, um, um, I'd cap that? Or is that before your what time? What the heck is that? Um, Cody Coe's app that he created oh. that got him his first oh okay i've heard of this yeah i don't think that ever actually did that even take off was that even a thing yeah it was a huge thing really yeah like you remember it, it no, no, no. oh not not in my time that's what i was wondering you're a little older than i am yeah no i uh it's probably before your but you had a blackberry i didn't have a blackberry i had an lg rumor oh yeah jerk <laughs> But you had How like you, you had like a flip yeah sw- a slide uh, phone actually yeah you had a slide phone you have no idea <laughs> that I had a slide phone didn't have internet I could get internet on there I didn't have it on there though took pictures with it had a filter that made it look like I was a drawing that was kind of <laughs> nice I honestly I envied people who had uh, swipe or uh, sorry slide phone slide phone so yeah. bad. Yeah, that was the shiz, man. That was the that was a big thing. Yeah, I know, man. It's <laughs> I don't know how I ever pressed the buttons on there. Now I can hardly <laughs> even press the stinking buttons on my I have to slide text on my iPhone. On my it's even hard on my calculator sometimes, yeah. I think. It's I don't even have fat fingers. I'm just uncoordinated. <laughs> I just can't. I just miss. <laughs> yeah. I'm like my thumbs suck. Uh, and I just can't thumb yeah. suck. Um yeah, thumb suck. and uh yeah. I don't know how I ever hit the the keys on that, but uh, was that the one where you had to triple click, or did it have the full QWERTY? I think it had the full QWERTY, yeah, because it had a lot of keys. Full QWERTY, or it didn't have half. No, it definitely didn't have triple click. That it would be exhausting. I my mom, I I used to text like that all the time. That because I used to text with my mom's phone. Oh yeah, I I remember texting with my parents' phone like that as well. And yeah, that's wow. I didn't love I didn't love that at all. Yeah, but no. it was you know it was all I knew back then. Yeah. 
We never who who would have guessed we'd ever be here. I know, right? You know. Um, <sighs> it's crazy how uh, you were talking about the slide phones. Yeah. I um. <laughs> sorry, it was a flip phone actually that I had. Okay. I used to. Did you ever do the thing? Like, so, well, kid, because you were the kind of guy who you got a phone really early in your life. I didn't. Yeah, you were like in the eighth grade. Yeah, that's not that early. Yes, it is. And also, it wasn't even really mine. It was my mom's, and I just got to have it. Well, I <laughs> guess technically it was mine, but I only got to have it like when I was not home. Oh, really? I think I don't know. I don't remember. That was forever ago. You're, you're. I don't know. You just listen like you're spoiled. <laughs> it wasn't an eighth grade, but I remember all my friends already had a phone before then. I know that's that's way too young to have a phone. No, I agree. I don't even think I should have a phone now. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah. I hate it's just, it. It's just a distraction. Yeah. Yeah, man. Phones are everywhere, guys. Watch out. Uh, you well, know? Yeah, that's, they are. That's today's lesson on today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that came for football content. You're not going to get it. Try not again. Today. Try Sorry. again next week. Uh, no, we'll, we're going to be bringing Mike back on the show. Are you kidding me? Mike is back after taking a week off. going to bring him back. We're going to talk all about what was week four and what is to be week five in the NFL season. But, Joe, you were – Mike was sick last week. You were yep. also sick this last week. Yeah, I was. It was bad. Yeah. Anything – I don't want to elaborate okay. anyway. <laughs> That's fair. Actually, Go. I will. I did on on the – one. All right, it was, I was sick Thursday and Friday. And um, Thursday I, uh, I, I slept in until like 10 o'clock, and I took a three- or four-hour nap um, at around 1. And so. that's good. That's good. That you you should do that sometimes. Yep. And then you got a bad haircut on Saturday. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't think it was bad. You think it was bad. Um I don't like I don't like the cut. Okay, maybe we shouldn't. You know, uh, it doesn't fit the cut of my jib. Cut of your jib. You got you went with the peaky blinders. I didn't unintentionally. Ask. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. I think that if a white man walks into a barbershop, they immediately assume he wants the peaky blinders. Yeah. They don't even ask. And and that barber... <laughs> you have to tell them if you don't want the Peaky Blinders. They'll yeah. just automatically give you the Peaky Blinders. Not the Peaky Blinders today, sir. <laughs> no, but yeah, I and walked then you got to sign a release form to make sure that you really don't want the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. I have had the same barber, same uh, hairstylist, if you will. I will. Um, Since I was, I think, 12 or 13. Okay? Mm-hmm. I was 12 or 13 when I started getting my hair cut there. Yeah. I... Decided I was going to switch it up. I It felt wrong. <laughs> it felt wrong. Felt like cheating? It did. It really did. And uh, and I got what I deserved because this guy messed my stuff up, man. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think your hair looks fine. I think it looks honestly good. I think you're too hard on yourself. I think you just... I think that you feel so bad for cheating on your on your on your previous hairstylist yeah. that you've you've now convinced yourself that you have a bad haircut. Yeah, that might be it. It looks fine. We're gonna post a picture on all of our social medias of Joe's <laughs> Joe's haircut, and you guys let us know if it's hot or not. Yeah, and then next <laughs> to a picture of uh, Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders. From Peaky Blinders. Who wore it best? <laughs> Who wore it best? <laughs> it's just you. Who did it better? <laughs> you fresh off of work, hair greasy, like not even like done <laughs> up nice. And then like a handsome guy from a show. Yeah, Cillian yeah. Murphy, actually. Cillian Murphy. I tried to convince my wife to let us name our kid Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Or no, just just Cillian, sorry. Yeah, change the last name even. Yeah. 
Yeah. And? Hard no. She Nothing. did not like that a cillion. She said it sounds like silly. No, that's and that's fair. It does. That's fine. Yeah. But cillion. Okay. Cillion. This has been a cillion intro, I think. <laughs> Uh, Joe, and I've had enough. And I've so had I'm, enough. I'm sick of it. So I hope you guys uh, the rest of the show learn something. Um, but without further ado, I'm gonna get Joe out of here. I'm gonna get Mike in here and talk some football. All right, we've made it through four weeks of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, I got my good buddy Mike back with me. How's it going, Mike? You know, Joe, it's good to be back. Um, I missed a week. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it was COVID, but uh, yeah, the sickness <laughs> yeah. got me, and it, it was a bit brutal. But I'm back. Uh, I'm ready for this episode. It was. It was another great week of football, which we've had four straight weeks in a row now. And dude, I'm just ready to talk about it. Let's hammer it down. Yeah, we we had Mike go through vigorous testing. He had to test negative twice before even jumping on the podcast via Skype to even be on this episode. So. Just so everyone is aware, we are practicing uh, all the safety <laughs> protocols. We are social yep. distancing. Um, yes. I'm not masked up because yeah. we are 24 hours apart, but yeah. if, <laughs> if there are enough comments about it, we might just mask up next episode. We, yeah, we're going to mask up and you're just going to hear like it's going to be like us talking through a pillow uh and but that's you know if that's what you guys want we you know we're gonna do it it's 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 whatever the listeners want uh but mike you missed you missed a crazy week last week you left me all alone here uh i feel like i was um i don't know i feel like i was the backup i was like jacoby Brissett having to take over for tua uh and uh Hopefully I fared better than Jacoby Brissett has uh, has has through two weeks, but we don't need to talk about that too much. But real quick before we get into week four and the craziness that was week four, week three, uh, there were some crazy things that happened a week in week three while you were gone, like the Justin Tucker sixty-six yard uh, kick, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. What else happened? Just a bunch of kicking nonsense. There's the 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 Jacksonville game versus Arizona where they the the Cardinals attempted a fifty or a fifty what was it? No, sorry, sixty? It was a fifth no sixty eight sixty eight yard sixty eight yarder. That returned back for a hundred and nine yard touchdown. Yes. Uh just pure chaos. You missed a lot of crazy things uh on, on last week's show. But we're gonna try to make up for that on Absolutely. this week's show. By recapping week four. So basically what we're going to do, the rundown on today's episode, we're going to go through some of the big games. We have four or five big games from week four that we want to take a deep dive into. Week four was an awesome slate uh, of NFL action. And then we're going to jump into a segment uh, called Winners or Losers, where we, we give you winners or losers from week four of the NFL season. It can be coaches. It could be players it could be a gm it could be a team as a whole um who won who's winning and who's losing uh we'll let you know through four weeks i can tell you who's not winning and that's the pats and the dolphins Aha, all the right pats. yes our two favorite teams not doing so hot why don't we start things off there with your favorite team why don't we start off with the sunday night football game one of the most anticipated games in NFL history, I think it's safe to say one of the most anticipated games ever. Tom Brady's return to Foxborough to play with a team that he played 
20 plus years with, won a million and a half Super Bowls with. And Mike, you're the Patriots fan, so I'm going to turn things over to you. Uh, start us off. What Before we get into the actual game, what was your vibe on, I don't know, the whole pregame, uh, Tom Brady coming back from a Pats fan's perspective? I mean, just just give me your perspective on this whole situation. Joe, you know, um, ever since I was seven, I've been a Patriots fan, and Brady has brought us nothing but happiness and sunshine and rainbows. Seven Super Bowl trophies, um, just absolutely dominant through 22 years of football. One of the best, of course, greatest player of all time, but one of the funnest players to watch. Um, you never bet against the man, but let me tell you what I did yesterday. I bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> um, as a Pats fan... You know, it was a bit emotional, the homecoming, um, but not in, a, in like a sad or like a, you know, tearful way. It was more of an anger from me, like not because he left, but, you know, I, I don't know. Watching him run out on the field, I, I you can ask all my family members when we were watching the game. I was the only one to boo Tom Brady while he ran on the field. I was 100 percent fully opposed to, to Tom Brady winning that game. Um, I wanted nothing to do with Tom Brady. I wanted the Pats to get all over Tom Brady. And Ooh. yeah, so um, I, everyone called me a bandwagon last year because I was somewhat rooting for the Bucks in the Super Bowl. And I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a genuine Tom Brady fan. And they were like, oh, you're going to root for Bucks. You're going to root for the Bucks. And I was the biggest Patriots fan this, this week leading up to. And it was, it was, like I said, it was a bit emotional. Um, you know, it was Brady versus Belichick. They were the only two out there on the field playing against each other. Um, yeah, nobody else. Them. And, you know, Brady showed what he could do against a 69-year-old man. Just absolutely dominated him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, well, we can get into the game. I mean, uh, it was it was a fun game to watch, one of the better games I've ever seen. And just um, I was on, honestly surprised with how good the Pats played. Um, they The defense showed up. Brady looked uneasy and a little bit amped up for most of the first half. Um, Pats actually leading at half 7-6. to six. But one of my biggest takeaways from that game is you have a seven-time Super Bowl winner in Tom Brady on the Bucks, you know, dominant, like I said, for 22 years. But Mac Jones, and I'm not just trying to be a homer here, but Mac Jones went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. I would say outperformed Tom Brady yesterday, other than the one stat column that really matters, and that's the W. Mac Jones, I think, played a better game than Tom Brady did. Um, the Pats defense, I feel like, played better. And when it came down to it, they just they were they were they were one play they were just one play too sh- uh, or they didn't have one play not enough. Um, the kick, yeah. I don't really agree with the kick. Should have gone for it at fourth and three. Yeah. With the way they were playing, um, but the kick was beautiful. I was on the edge of my seat. I thought we won, and then I saw a doink off the the left goal post. Um, he um, Nick Folk ain't no Justin Tucker. He he wasn't gonna make <laughs> that kick. But at the end of the day, I, d- I will say that the in my in my heart the Pats won that game. <laughs> you were saying that before the show you felt like the Pats won the game uh, and I talked about I've talked about it a few times a few weeks already listen uh, and, uh, uh, a handsome loss is still a loss so I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna give away any cupcakes to any teams that that lose games I, I understand you know some teams can look good uh, in losses and, and you know I thought the Dallas Cowboys looked good against the Buccaneers when they lost, but uh, and I th- and I was impressed by the Patriots as well. I thought this game was really changed by. I honestly think that, think the weather really affected things in this game. Kind of a bummer that it rained the way that it did. Although it kind of did add to the, like the 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 craziness factor of everything. Just Tom Brady returning, uh, and then they're just in the pouring rain. Um, and yeah, Tom Brady looked 
he honestly looked pretty sloppy in this game at times. He overthrew receivers a lot. He, this was not, not the best Tom Brady uh, that we've seen this season. We've seen him be utterly dominant this season. And I'm wondering how much of that was him kind of getting caught up in the emotions. As much as he says, oh, you know, it, it's just another game. And him and Bill just acting like it's just another game, just another game. There's, I mean, they're humans. Like, they have to understand the gravity of this game. And I wonder how much of that got to Tom Brady because Tony Dungy, uh, he was talking about, he's talked about a few times when he was the head coach of the, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and then he went back and played in Tampa where he, where he coached previous to that. He thought all week, Oh, it's just another game, another game. But when you get there, when you actually get to the stadium and, and you know, you, you're on the other sideline in the stadium that you used to call home, it's a whole different story. And I know for a fact some of the emotions got to Tom Brady. You, there's no way they can't. As much as Tom Brady is a freak of nature and just a robot man, there's no way that that didn't affect him. So he did He did struggle at times. He overthrew. And you talked about Mac Jones playing really well. I thought the, the Patriots game plan was, was very, very interesting to me. They essentially said, we're not even going to try to run the ball on, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They ran the ball eight times finish with negative one rushing yard on the day. They basically just, they said, here, Mac Jones, rookie Mac Jones, carry us to a win against the defending Super Bowl champions. And he held up pretty nicely. I'm not going to lie. Mac Jones finished 31 for 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He also had one point where he had 19 straight completions, which ties the Patriots' all-time record held by none other than Tom Brady, the guy on the other side of the field. Um, so I thought that was that was a very interesting, interesting uh, strategy. Uh, they they basically just put the game in Mac Jones' hands, except for the one point when they, I thought they really should have put it in his hands. And I want to get your perspective. You talked about it a little bit the field goal at the end of the game. So uh, let me let me uh, illustrate this for the people that maybe don't know what happened. The Tampa Buccaneers have a two point lead. They're leading 19 to 17 with. Just about a minute left in the game. The Patriots are driving down the field. They have a third and three. They don't convert, so it's a fourth and three uh, at about midfield. And instead of going for a fourth and three and you know allowing Mac Jones to make a play there, they elect to kick the ball for a, a potential go-ahead touchdown. So even if they would have made the kick, there would have been about a minute left. I think one or two timeouts for the Tampa Buccaneers. What was your opinion? What would you have done in that scenario? Would you have kicked the field goal? Would you have gone for it on fourth down? Um, I mean, if we're playing Madden, I mean, it's go for it all day, every day. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this is the NFL. Uh, when I was watching the game, I was like, in my head, I knew they were kicking the football. I, they, they were going to kick the football. I knew they were not going to go for it. I don't know why. I'll, if it was up to me, I would have said, Look, Mac Jones has absolutely torched that defense today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's embarrassed them. They were they were blitzing. I, I mean, Todd Bowles is one of the is known for his blitzing, and they had to back off because Mac Jones was just proving to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he was like, I'm gonna just torch you if you blitz me. And so Mac Jones looked good. The play before it was like you said, third and three. Uh, Mac Jones threw it over the uh, middle of the field to a wide open J- uh, Jacoby Myers. If you watch the play, I mean, I don't think there's anyone within eight yards of him. It was like a little five-yard slant. It would have uh, easily picked up the first down. Of course, gets batted down at the line. And almost instantly, Bill Belichick just sends the field goal unit out there. And it was a 56-yard attempt, which, you know, uh, you know, it's not for a game winner. It's it's known, you know, 55-yarders. It's like, yep, we're going to do it. But we're talking about 
sheets of rain. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. rain upon rain. And Nick Folk talked about it before the game that his plant leg wasn't 100%. So yeah. it was like a bunch of you know uh, things le- like going into that kick. That's like I don't know about it. Like we should yeah. and Nick probably- and Nick Folk. Nick Folk doesn't have a big leg. Like he, no. I think before this he he made what 35, 36 field goals in a row or something. Yeah. But the Patriots have kind of always played it like with Nick Folk. We're not g- the, the Patriots don't really attempt fifty yarders with Nick Folk. They're they they he's a good kicker, but he's never had that big leg. It was such an interesting. Uh, decision to go with with when he's just he's not like you said he's not Justin Tucker he doesn't make these fifty yard yard kicks regularly. Exactly. No, that's a good point. And well, I mean, like I said, when he kicked the ball, I was like, "Yep, that's in, that's in." And it, it just it just drew a little too much to the left, hit the left up uh, the the left post. Um, devastating loss. You know, I thought we were gonna get the win, and you know, even if my opinion is, if we give Brady the ball back with fifty five seconds, he's not winning that game. The defense played amazing um it started raining again which he struggled in the first half with the rain i just i don't see tom brady leading them down the field to kick a field goal i just didn't see it i know everyone's doubting me or everyone might question me saying that i will be and i've never bet against tom brady in my life i did yesterday tom brady would not have won that game have you already forgotten i know tom brady's been gone for two years now almost have you already forgotten what he does at the end of games. I know. I know he's not on the Patriots anymore, so you think that it's different. Tom Brady win- wins that game if they make that field goal. I I think, without a doubt, they should have gone for it on fourth and three. Absolutely. Mac Jones absolutely picked that defense apart. That sec- secondary, which was completely battered. They've had just incredible, like, just terrible injury luck. Uh, the Tampa Buccaneers have at at the cornerback position, and then they had Richard Sherman, who's like 40 years old out there trying to cover uh, receivers in the pouring rain. He got torched. Mac Jones did an incredible job. Uh, you know, he doesn't throw the ball down the field a lick, not at all. They they don't even ask him to do that. He doesn't even do that. But that's fine. Fourth and three, you don't need to throw the ball down the field. You need to do the one thing that Mac Jones has been doing incredibly well. The whole game long, why would they not have gone for it on fourth and three? To me, that was that was a bad decision by Bill Belichick. And you know, you can't. There's not too many situations where you can question Bill Belichick on his coaching because he he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But to me, that that decision seemed kind of I don't know. It seemed it seemed kind of scared. And even if you make that field goal, I know you you don't think so. Tom Brady is marching down the field. They only needed a field goal. That would have been a one-point lead. Tom Brady's easily marching down the field with 50-some seconds left. The Buccaneers are winning that game regardless, whereas if you would have picked it up on fourth down, you would have won the game. Uh, you, you could have gotten it closer, still could have kicked a field goal, but it would have been within Nick Folk's uh, range. And I just want to I, I have this stat for you. So the Patriots' win probability uh, dropped from 34.7% uh, chance to win the game or, or their win probability was 34.7. When they elected to kick the field goal, before they even kicked it, it dropped to 24.3. So oh ana- analytics tell you analytics tell you that the Patriots should have gone for it on fourth yeah. down. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. I think they should have gone for it on fourth down. But either way, uh, incredible, uh, incredible game. I'll, I'll let you have the last word on this game because it is the Pats and the Bucks. Um, I mean, like you said, it was an incredible game. Um, I mean, I, I, I disagree with them kicking it, but at the same time, if Mac Jones goes for it, if they go for it, Mac Jones doesn't complete a pass, he gets sacked. I feel like it could, 
honestly, like it would probably hurt his confidence a little bit. And they're trying to build his confidence. You know, he's a rookie. So at the end of the day, putting it on Nick Folk instead of their their young star. I mean, it's it's just one of those tough calls. But we got the Texans next week. I think we're going to get a dub over there. The Texans have been a mess. Um, so hopefully we can get a rebound game, uh, uh, get uh, get to two and three and just keep uh, working our way to, to finish out the season strong. But speaking of Texas, there was a game with the Dallas Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers. And I will say also one of the better games of the week. Um, I don't know what you all took from this game, Joe. You let me take the lead on the Pats game. So I would like to hear about your Dallas Cowboys. Let me let me hear it. My Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Uh, the other team that I previously called my own. Uh, just kidding. Not previously. I still do. We're just not going to talk about them too much on this podcast because they don't deserve to be talked about. But my Dallas Cowboys uh, played a, a, an incredible game against the Carolina Panthers. This was one of the hyped games of the week. Dallas's uh, explosive offense going against the number one ranked defense uh, in the NFL before this this week. And I was talking to a friend uh, before this game on Sunday. And I kind of was saying, you know, Carolina, this is their first real big test because I, I thought their defense, it, it, as good as it is, and I think it is a good defense full of young, fast, uh, and, you know, explosive players, they didn't have, they never they never, never had to play a team like this. You know, their, their wins came against easier opponents, easier offenses. There was no better test than going against, to me, one of, if not the most explosive offense in the and in, in balanced offense in the NFL and I was so impressed by the Dallas Cowboys in this game and my one of my biggest takeaways from this game is Ezekiel Elliott is all the way back he is all the way back people doubted him last year listen I was critical of him last year he struggled with fumbles he did not look like the same guy in this game he go he goes uh for 143 yards on 20 attempts. He also had a touchdown. He just looks like the old Ezekiel Elliott. He's a guy who, you know, he can take the take the uh, you know, just a halfback dive um up the middle and he can turn a, a 5-yard run into a 30-yard run because his speed, his power and and this 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 Cowboys team really really impressed me against what was uh early on I just just watching the Carolina Panthers. I was like their defense you know, maybe I didn't give them enough credit. They they look explosive. They look fast. They were flying around the ball. But I thought a really, really impressive performance by the Dallas Cowboys in this game. Yeah, no, you nailed it right there, Joe. I mean, the the two-headed monster uh, in the backfield with Zeke and uh, Tony Pollard. I think they had 245 rushing yards. Yep, 245 combined rushing yards. Uh, I don't know if that was between the two of them or if that was total uh, for for everybody, but still, that is nuts when you're running um, 245 yards on the ground. Um, Dak had kind of a Jameis Winston stat line, 188 <laughs> yards, 14 for 22, four touchdowns. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys look great. Their defense, oh my goodness. Yeah, Dan, that... Quinn has, Dan Quinn has that defense playing. I know they gave up 28 points. I think they gave up like... 379 total yards but if you watch that game that defense did not allow sam darnold to do like almost anything and it was just it was so fun to watch i've become a cowboys fan over the last two years a big dak prescott fan and man i think like it is overreaction monday you know i really think the cowboys are a super bowl contending team right now that was going to be kind of uh where i wanted to go with this asking you know are are the Cowboys a legitimate contender? And to me, 
listen, it doesn't take much for me to be bought in uh, on the Dallas Cowboys. I I felt fallen for their trap more than once. I was all in on them before the start of last season. To me, they looked so impressive in in, in this game. And you talked about Dak Prescott having that that Jameis Winston stat line, um, where and, and I and I agree with that in the in the in the sense that it looks like a Jameis Win, Winston stat line. However, Dak Prescott to me is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Oh, and absolutely. When, it, when, 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 and it's not even a question. And I'm so glad that you you agree with me on that. And I think I think a lot of people are coming to that to that realization now. Is that Dak Prescott? He's a top five quarterback. And then when you can have him, he only has to throw for 188 yards, attempt 22 passes, and you can still dominate a game. The balance of this team, to me, is what is so impressive. The fact that they've they've been able to get this run game going. Whereas in Week One against Tampa, we thought, oh no. You know, Dak Prescott's going to have to throw 50 times a game. Zeke Elliott doesn't look like, like the same guy. You know, maybe you'll just have to rely on Tony Pollard. However, the balance of this team, and you talked about the defense. Trayvon Diggs is a shutdown corner in the NFL all of a sudden. He's got five interceptions through four weeks. He had two more interceptions in this game. Micah Parsons is a freak. He's all over the field. I think he had like four or five quarterback hurries in this game. He is just a monster. He's, I mean, he's a lock for defensive rookie of the year at this point, in my opinion. And Dan Quinn's done such an incredible job. To me, I'm bought in on the Cowboys. I think they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And you talked about how the, you know, they they allowed 370 whatever yards and you know 28 points. To me, this game wasn't even as close as the score in, indicates. I really feel felt like this was a dominant win for the Cowboys. And a lot of these yards and a lot of these points that came late by the Panthers came came kind of no, I don't want to call it garbage time because it wasn't totally out of hand, but kind of came when when the 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 Cowboys had already you know the game well in hand. So to me, I'm bought in on the Cowboys. This was a very impressive victory for them, and I think they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I don't know. You think that they're they're Super Bowl contenders? You think they're at that level yet, or or are they kind of still you know you're not quite sure on them? Well, I mean, I've been criticized for my take on them because every year, um, or, or, I mean, every Cowboys fan says this year or this year is our year. It happens every year and something happens. My take is if the Cowboys can stay healthy with uh, Zeke, Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, that amazing defense they have, I think that they will not only be Super Bowl contenders, I think that they are not front runners, you know, yet, but I think that they could be Super Bowl champions. Like, I mean, I, they I don't look, think that's crazy. Yeah, like, and it sounds weird because three years ago I would have been laughing at myself for saying that. But right now the Cowboys just look like you said a very balanced football team, um, and they're fun to watch. Like I remember years ago watching Cowboys games, and it was just like, oh, the Cowboys, like, oh, get them off the TV. And now it's like, man, this team is so fun to watch. Yep. Like, man, it's just I, I, I'm, I'm slowly, like I said, becoming a, a big Cowboys fan. Um, but. While we're on the topic of Super Bowl contenders, Joe, I have another team that could possibly be a Super Bowl contender, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. They played the Rams this uh, this week, and let me tell you, I don't know what the I don't know what's what they're drinking in Arizona, but it is working. <laughs> those Maybe boys are those boys came to play yesterday. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the most surprising outcomes of the week to me i picked the rams i thought this was a, a rams victory all the way same here uh sean McVay before this game had never lost to the arizona cardinals he was eight and oh against the arizona cardinals cliff kingsbury had never beaten the los angeles rams 
the Cardinals pick up a huge 37-20 statement win. This is a statement win by the Arizona Cardinals. This is for me and everybody else that didn't quite believe that they were a legitimate legitimate contender. Uh, what an incredible game for the Cardinals. Like Literally, you could not have drawn up a better statement win for the Cardinals in this game. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, again, Kyler Murray having another solid day, 24 for 32, 75% completion percentage, 268 and two touchdowns. Um, and then, you know, 40 yards on the ground rushing. I'm, I'm, you know, I was big on Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year being MVP, but I mean, the way Kyler, Kyler Murray's playing this year, he could also be one of them runners for the MVP because he is looking sharp. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's got the Cardinals rolling. Um, after the way they finished last season, people were saying, you know, they could they could be a good team. They got J.J. Watt. They got A.J. Green in the offseason. I didn't really believe it. Joe, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm starting to believe it, that this team could also be a Super Bowl contender because they just – right now their offense looks unstoppable. Um, yeah. I think if they can get their, their running backs going um, uh, with, with Nuke, with A.J. Green, Kyler Murray, I think – and then, I mean, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on the, on the D – I mean, man, this team could also be one of them teams that just is very, very tough to beat. Yeah, A.J. Green to me is one of the biggest surprises of this season. I thought he was washed after his last few years in Cincinnati. He just looked like he didn't have it. He had a really nice touchdown, like a deep bomb from, from Kyler Murray. And, you know, things things are a lot easier on a team when you have your franchise quarterback. And to me, it's it's without question Kyler Murray is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's absolutely uh, a, an MVP candidate. I, I might even say he might be the MVP frontrunner. He's got the Cardinals sitting at 4-0 and at the top of that division. They're the final undefeated team left in the NFC. The only undefeated team left is the Arizona Cardinals. What a crazy world. To me, like... I don't know. This was Before this game, I would have probably told you the Los Angeles Rams were the best team in the NFL. And oh, to absolutely. Have, to have them look so poor, and Matthew Stafford, I think, struggled in this game. He he, he did not look like the same guy he's looked th like through three weeks. So the, it was impressive, uh, an impressive game plan for the Cardinals. I really thought that they they really keyed in on stopping Cooper Cup, who's been absolutely, I mean, just balls to the wall to start the season. He's he's leading the league in receiving yards. They they kind of sold out to stop Cooper Cup. Uh, Matthew Stafford still tried to throw to Cooper Cup. Uh, I think twice as many targets as any other receiver. So still trying really hard to get it to Cooper Cup. But the Cardinals did an incredible job. And and to me, Kyler Murray, the, explo the explosive plays, the electric, I mean, just weaving his way out of bad pockets and muddy pockets and, you know, converting on third and 15, third and 16, like, when you have a guy like that, it makes everything else look better. It makes a guy like A.J. Green have a rebirth in his career. It makes James Conner look like, you know, the, the, the running back that the Steelers thought they had a couple years ago. Uh, it, 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 it changes everything. So to me, um, I don't, I, 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 I feel like I'm, I want to be a little skeptical just because of, of what happened last year, you know, the Cardinals started five and two last year, ended up eight and eight, kind of fell apart. But to me, I a lot of that I think was Kyler Murray getting injured. He had a shoulder injury there at the end of the year. I I believe it was a shoulder injury. Uh, that was that was a big part of it. But uh, I don't know. Do you do you feel kind of a song along the same lines as uh, the Cowboys? Do you feel like the the Cardinals are legit? Is this a legit four and zero? Are they a legit Super Bowl contender? Or or 
is there a risk that they that they kind of repeat what they did last year? Joe, I I would have to say I believe that they are contenders. Um, I feel like they have proven through these first four weeks that their offense one is dominant. Their defense it can it can it can hold uh, it can hold an opposing team to help their offense win. I mean, they beat the Titans week one, which everyone was not I wouldn't say high on the Titans, but I mean that's Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill, they had Julio Jones and uh, AJ, um, is AJ Brown? Yeah, um, AJ Brown. Yeah, and then they beat the Vikings the next week, and that was a, that was a showdown between him and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I know Jacksonville wasn't a big test, but uh, the Rams were like, as you said, the number one team going into this week, in my opinion, and they beat them like it was nothing. It seemed like, um, so I think that them at four and zero is it isn't a joke. Uh, I I feel like they have one of the one of the better teams in the NFL for sure. And we'll just have to wait a couple more weeks to see how they continue to play. And like you, like you said, as long as they can stay healthy and Kyler Murray can stay healthy, I think they can be a really good team uh, uh, this year. And on the other side of the ball, oh, man, now my, my iPad's blanking here. I was going to pull up the schedule <sighs> for, the, uh, for the Rams. Yeah, my iPad just froze. Anyway, as a, as a Rams fan, I wouldn't be too concerned. Um, I know that they have the Seahawks this upcoming week. And then after that, I believe have the Texans, Lions, and huh. I can't remember who the next game after that is, or it's somewhat in that order that they're playing. So I wouldn't be too concerned if you're a Rams fan. Um, they got a couple easier games coming up that should help them rebound, should help them get back on, on track. And, you know, the Rams are going to be a good team at the end of the year with that defense. I, I don't see them being um, a non-playoff team. So as a Rams fan, just hang in there. It was one bad week. They'll they'll most likely bounce back next week. Yeah, the 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 Rams have the Seahawks next week. Then they have a stretch where they play the Giants, the Lions, the Texans, and then the Titans. And then they play the 49ers and Packers. So then it then it stiffens up a bit. But a lot of winnable games coming up for the Los Angeles Rams. And I agree. I, I still am very high on the Rams and I'm just very high on the NFC West as as a whole. I mean that division is is really good. Uh, a lot of really good teams in that division. But moving over to the AFC West, I, there's one more big game that I want to talk about. It's just because of the the dominating fashion in which the Kansas City Chiefs said, "We're back, baby. You you didn't forget about us, did you?" Uh, the Chiefs win 42 to 30, and it's another one of those games that I felt like was a little bit more dominant than the sh- than the than, than the score uh, shows it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes finished 24 for 30, 278 yards, not a whole lot of yards, but five touchdowns through the air, one interception, and then Tyreek Hill, who by the way I traded for this past week in fantasy. A lot of people, you know, maybe were a little scared because he didn't play well through the first three weeks. 11 receptions, 180 yards, three touchdowns, and damn near 50 fantasy points for Big Waller Brand. That's my fantasy team. Uh, what a what an unbelievable uh, performance by this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Clyde Edwards-Elair also chipped in over 100 yards rushing and a, and a receiving touchdown. To me, the biggest takeaway from this game is, I don't know, did... <laughs> A lot of people wanted to get up in arms and be all worried about the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, are they okay at sitting at one and two? Should we be worried about them? Or or, or have they been figured out? And to me, it's like, 
they're the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey, who wasn't even that big of a factor in this game. They still dominated. Uh, I I feel like people over. What do you think? Do, were people overreacting about the first few weeks about the Chiefs, or are there genuine questions about this Chiefs team through four weeks? Well, Joe, first off, I want to say I saw or I heard just barely that you traded for Tyreek Hill and I made the worst decision of my life and I traded away Tyreek Hill. No. And let me tell you, I still believe I think I'm up 30 points this week, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to win uh, after today. But it was heartbreaking to see that he, after going, I think, nine points and then five points the last two yeah. weeks, he goes for 47. 47. Uh, but I do believe that people were a little too quick to pull the trigger on the Chiefs being a a, a flop, as you could yeah. say. Um, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. As much as I'm not the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan, um, when, when you play a defense that's not as complete as some of the defenses they played the last two weeks, you're going to get them throws from Patrick Mahomes where he's backpedaling and just launches it 75 yards in the air and Tyreek Hill's down there somewhere. And he, you know, like like you said, he went uh, 11 catches, 186, and three touchdowns. Like, that is nuts. But at the same time, they did get their running game going. Um, their offense felt a lot more smooth. Uh, there was a good rhythm to it. And, I mean, I know they are playing the Eagles, which, in my opinion, aren't it, the Eagles aren't the best team in the NFL by any means. But on the other side of the ball, Jalen Hurts had a great game. Um, I have him as my fantasy quarterback, but yeah, 32 for 48, 387 and two touchdowns. So, I mean, Jalen Smurt, uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts Jalen had, had one of the, yeah, Jalen Smurts had one of the best games, um, of the week. And then, um, their, uh, rookie receiver, Devontae uh, goes Smith. for, yeah, Devonte Smith goes for seven catches, I believe 122 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, so the chief, I mean, the Eagles didn't play that bad, but at the same time, yeah. People were a little too quick on the Chiefs uh, saying that they were done, they were washed or whatever, saying that their dynasty was falling. I heard, I think, once. And um, no, I, the Chiefs I are going to be fine. I think that it's – people used to do this all the time too with the Patriots. Like if, if the Patriots would start off slow – I remember the one game the Patriots got blasted by Kansas City uh, when, when Tom Brady was still there and everybody was acting, oh, the dynasty's over. And every every few years they would do it. They would be like, "Oh, the Patriots, you know, they suffer a tough loss, or they're sitting at like one and two, or they're like, you know, two and three, whatever." And people are like, "Oh, the Patriots are over." And then you know, the next few weeks, the Patriots remind everybody just how good they are. That's what this felt like to me. It's like let's not overreact. This team is still the best. You know, has the ability to be the best team in football. This team still has the best quarterback in football. This team still has one of the best receivers in football, the best tight end in football. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive linemen in football, one of the best safeties in football. I mean, this team has talent. And defensively, I still I do think there are weaknesses. I think they 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 have honestly one of the worst defenses in football. I'm not gonna lie. You talk about Jalen Hurts having a big game, Devontae Smith who I'm a, you know, a big fan of Devontae Smith. He also had a big game. And I think there are flaws defensively. But when the Chiefs offense is clicking like it like this offensively, it doesn't matter how bad their defense is. It honestly doesn't. Because are you going to score more than 42 points? Probably not. It's very hard to score more than 42 points in the NFL. And when the Chiefs are clicking on all cylinders, it's hard to beat. And I found this interesting. The Eagles could not pressure... Patrick Mahomes. The Eagles only pressured Patrick Mahomes on 12.9% of his dropbacks, 
And get this, when Patrick Mahomes was not pressured in this game, he was 23 for 27, 274 yards, and five touchdowns when he's not pressured. And, and the, the, the Eagles could not get pressure on him. So any other teams that are wondering how to stop Patrick Mahomes, this is not the blueprint. You have to get pressure on him. You cannot let him just stand in the pocket. Well, I mean, my thing is, two weeks, the two weeks prior, you saw exactly what you said. There was pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and they were double-teaming Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. So you would think the Eagles had two weeks of film to watch of what exactly to do to win this game. And the Philadelphia Eagles said, nope, we're going to go man or whatever on Tyreek because, you know, we got it. Yeah. And, you know, we really don't need to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes because, you know, he's not like the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now by any <laughs> means. Like, there's no <laughs> way, right? Yeah. And what does Patrick Mahomes do? Puts a 42 points on him. So I hope yeah. the Eagles learned their lesson. I hope that if they play them again um, in recent year or in, yeah, in the future that they know to, to put pressure on him and <laughs> double team one of their better players because clearly whatever blueprint they came up with did not work at all. The uh, Nick Sirianni must have also traded Tyreek Hill in fantasy and I forgot yeah. just how dominant he really was. <laughs> Either traded him away or just picked him up and said, hey, I need points. Yeah, I did, that's true. He, he maybe was going to get points. But that kind of wraps up the big games from the week. Unless you have any other games you want to talk about, Mike, we'll move over to uh, the new segment that we're doing on today's episode. It's the winners and losers from week four of the NFL season. And I'm going to start things off uh, with with a winner, and it's a player um, who, you know, kind of an obscure player, a player that's bounced around quite a bit. He's been on five teams in nine seasons, but it's Cordero Patterson. He's my first winner. Um, he's been on sort of a weird tear through the first few weeks of the NFL season. In this game, uh, which was a 34-30 to loss, to the Washington football team. He's a winner. His team was not a winner this week, but he had five receptions for 82 yards, three touchdowns, and then he pitched in six carries for 34 yards. I just think it's 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 cool to see that somebody has kind of unlocked Cordero Patterson. They've turned him into the weapon that, you know, a lot of other teams, five, four other teams have tried to turn him into, and he, he's been really good for the Atlanta Falcons so far this season. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Cordell Patterson, he looked like a monster in that game. It's funny because um, I uh, I wrote him down as a winner as well. And then I'll, <laughs> I put uh, nobody for the loser in that game because almost everybody in that game played well. It was a, it was a fun game. To, it was actually one of the funner games to watch. That's it for was, sure. It was a chaotic game. It was it was a crazy game. But you have a, who do you have for a winner or a loser? Uh, Joe, mine's, uh, mine's kind of... Mine's kind of a comical one. Uh, I'm going to throw that one out there. Uh, I'm going to go with a loser for this week. Right. Um, and that is uh, Urban Meyer on the Jacksonville okay, Jaguars. Okay, I had this one written down as well. Love it. <laughs> you know, the Jaguars looked good for two quarters. They were up 14-0. And yeah. then they said, yeah, we're done. We're going to go home. <laughs> so, you know, the Bengals end up winning the game 24-21. Joe Burrow played great. And then what does Urban Meyer do? He goes to a club and parties uh, while his wife's at home babysitting, and he's like dancing with these blondes. And <laughs> I, Urban Meyer, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go, go home, watch film for next week. You're zero and four. <laughs> I mean, I know you're playing Alabama's every week, like you claimed, but but go home and get your head in the right place. I don't, 
I don't know what Urban Meyer's doing over there, uh, but it, whatever it is, uh, dancing with young blondes is not the, the winning <laughs> recipe in my opinion. Urban Meyer is definitely one of the biggest losers of this whole NFL season. He's looked like a complete disaster there in Jacksonville. This was not a good week. His wife posting on social media, oh, Urban Meyer needs a br-, or saying something about how he needs a break, he needs a night out. And then there's video of him, yeah, getting – or grinding on young bl- young blondes, as you called them. It's just not a good look. I mean, you guys, 0-4, his team has been, you know, overmatched for two weeks. Honestly, the last two games, they probably should have won uh, against the Cardinals and the, uh, against the Bengals and just collapsed in the second quarter. And I just wonder how long Urban Meyer is going to do this, how long he's going to be in the NFL until he runs away to, to back to college. You know, there's a lot of rumors about him potentially taking that USC job. He looks to be a little bit in over his head playing Alabama every single week here in the NFL. But who else do you have as a winner or a loser from week four? All right, Joe. I'm going to go with the New York Jets as a winner. I'm going to choose a winner All this right. time. And I'm going to choose the New York freaking Jets because let me tell you, Joe, they finally figured it out. Robert Saley finally got the team on a on a winning um, formula. It, it was a dogfight type of game. It was seven to six at halftime. You know they ended up going to overtime. Zach Wilson put up a great stat line. Corey Davis had a great game. The New York Jets finally said, "Let's play some football." And I will just stick to the same game real quick. The loser is the Titans. <laughs> they didn't play that bad. But how are you going to lose to an 0-3 New York Jets football team that we've been mocking all season long for how bad they've been? Like, I don't know what's going on with Tennessee, but they need to figure it out fast. Yeah, I had the te- I had the Titans written down as one of my losers as well. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you're in a division that's very much winnable. We just talked about Urban Meyer, how he's obviously not a threat in that division whatsoever. The Colts, uh, they did win this week, but uh, I don't know. They're not a good team either. It's a very winnable division. And I understand Julio Jones was out, A.J. Brown was out, but you still have Derek freaking Henry, and you still have Ryan Tannehill, who's I, I had as a top-10 quarterback going to this NFL season. He's played kind of low-key like garbage through four weeks of the NFL season. And to lose to a, a team like the New York Jets that look completely helpless through the first three weeks, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big-time loser to me through week four. And, yeah, as far as the Jets goes – uh, Zach Wilson, this is probably the best he's looked through through his four weeks. I thought he made some really impressive throws. Uh, th- that kind of brings me to one of my big winners, and this is rookie quarterbacks this week. I talked about last week I did stock up and stock down. I said stock down on rookie quarterbacks. This week, things kind of went the opposite way. The rookie quarterbacks looked a lot better. Trevor Lawrence played really well. We talked about that Jacksonville game. They didn't pull out the win, but he looked good. 17 for 24, 204 yards, and he had a rushing touchdown. We talked about Mac Jones looked really good against the Patriots, nearly carrying them to a victory. Uh, Zach Wilson we talked about. And then Justin Fields, who was atrocious last week, didn't play phenomenal. I don't think any of these quarterbacks played, like, unbelievable, but I thought they it, it was a big week for rookie quarterbacks you even had Trey Lance come in and and, you know he had some plays didn't look phenomenal but I thought a a good week some good strides for the rookie quarterbacks there in week four yeah no absolutely um the rookie quarterbacks really stepped it up this week um the one I did not pay too much attention to was Trey Lance I know that Jimmy G went down so I guess I'll go into my next loser and that is Jimmy G who (laughs) Well, was 14 for 23, 165 uh, yards, a touchdown, and a pick, but he left with a calf injury. And, Joe, 
I might have to say it. Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries, I think, are finally catching up to him. Um, and he said he he alluded that he was over it, but I think Trey Lance might be getting the starting job if he plays good in these next coming games because Jimmy G is going to be out for probably two to three games with this calf uh, injury. So keep that um, keep that in mind. But yeah, Jimmy G is going to be one of my losers yeah. this week. It's over to me. I don't know unless Trey Lance absolutely bombs these like just terrible these next two weeks. It's over, Jimmy G. I mean, his job is gone. And it, 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 as far as I'm concerned. Trey, this is Trey Lance's job. Kyle Shanahan looks like he's been looking for an excuse to have Trey Lance. He's been wanting Trey Lance to take that starting job, and all he needed was a little slip up from Jimmy Garoppolo. And what do you know? Another injury. You know, it sucks. It's we we don't root for injuries, and we I you know I try to be sensitive of injuries, uh, but this is the story of Jimmy G's career. He's he's a good player when healthy, a good quarterback when healthy. He just can't stay healthy, and I think it's going to cost him that job. Uh, I'm going to move on to another winner uh, for me this week, and it's the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense, I thought this is another team like the Cowboys that are looking really, really balanced. And I I thought Baker Mayfield actually played pretty bad this week. I'm not going to lie. It was a 14-7 victory. That was a weird game, too, the Minnesota versus Cleveland. I thought that was going to be like a 32-42 game, but it ended up being 14-17. But... A big reason for that was the Browns' defense. I thought they've played really, really well through the last two weeks. They they shut down Justin Fields. I mean, gave the poor kid nightmares in his first ever start. Uh, and then they held a, a pretty explosive Minnesota Vikings uh, offense to seven points. And listen, if if the, the Cleveland Browns are this balanced and, and Baker Mayfield can, can play how he's played through three weeks and not how he played this week, they could also be another team that's that's contending uh, at at the very end of it. Yeah, no, Joe, I absolutely agree. And it's funny because I put winner Cleveland and their defense down on my paper here. I believe that um, if you can hold Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and can't forget about Dalvin Cook to seven points on the opening drive, I believe it was. Yeah. And then do not let them score the rest of the game. That is as impressive as it gets, um, which I'll bring. Hey, I'll bring a loser into this one. All right. Dalvin Cook. Um, couldn't get anything going, struggled nine rushes for 34 yards. Couldn't run the ball at all. Um, uh, I think that in order for the Vikings to be a playoff contending team, they need one Kirk cousins, which has been there this year to a run game. And th- it was not there this week. As you saw them only putting up seven points. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Dalvin cook. Um, if they want to have success at all next week, they're going to have to get him going. But that'll bring me to a rushing, uh, uh, rushing base team for my next winner, and that is the Baltimore Ravens and their streak of 40, 43 straight games with a hundred rushing yards. Holy. That is my winner for the next week. I don't know if you saw that stat. I did not. So it was actually kind of funny how they got it. Uh, the Ravens were up, I think, twenty-three to seven at this point with like ten seconds left to intercept the ball in the end zone. Um, t- uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a concussion, so he was out. Drew Locke throws a pick in the end zone. Um, Ravens get the ball. They are three yards short of the record. No way. Three yards. And everyone's like, yep, they're going to kneel the ball. Record's over. Nope. John Harbaugh says, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. Sends out the offense. And what? guess what? Lamar Jackson, quarterback draw, four yards, five yards, slides on the ground, game over. That's hilarious. I love that. That's so, like, Madden. That's something I would totally do in Madden. Like, you're three yards away from 100 yards. That's so funny. I love. I thought I saw something like that, too, like, um, people were calling uh, John Harbaugh out for that, and he basically said, 
Well, uh, you know, they were up, what, what did you say, 26-10 or something 23, like that? 23-7. 23-7. Uh, and, and he said he said something along the lines of, hey, I don't know, uh, I, I don't think there's any way to possibly score 16 points on one play, so why were they still throwing? Why am I not allowed to still run? I'm like, that's fair, man. I see nothing wrong. I don't know why kneeling is just like you have to kneel at the end of a game. If you want to run, run. I love that. That's awesome. I did. I didn't even see that at the end of that game. That's that's really cool. That's a cool winner. Um, for me, one more winner before I get to my biggest loser from week four, and that's uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Uh, he's a guy who I've been very, very critical of. I know you've been critical of. Uh, he, he he's had he's had his struggles through his, his years in the NFL, and I've talked about the turnovers and. Honestly, he had his first interception this week, so it seems like a, a weird week to call him a winner. But he finished 28 for 40, a career-high 402 passing yards, two touchdowns, and a an incredible comeback win versus New Orleans Saints. I just wanted to you know, name him a winner because he's a guy I've been critical of. He's a guy that I, you know, I've, I've talked down to at times, but he, he's played fairly well through the first few weeks, although the Giants are not where they should be, and I think there's going to be some changes, and Daniel Jones could potentially be one of those changes. I thought he played quite well against the Saints. Him and Saquon Barkley, I think, have really come into their own these last few weeks, and hopefully they can kind of get it running, uh, get it rolling these next few weeks and, and, and turn this giant season around. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Daniel Jones looked really sharp in that game, and I will say I don't know what the Saints are this year, Oh my um, one week they're like, yeah, that team's going to the playoffs. And next week it's like, oh, we got Houston Texans 2.0. Yeah. Um, the Saints are like yeah, a no. team you can't even call them a winner or loser. They're like, uh, eh. like I have, no, I have no idea what the Saints even are. Are they a winner? Are they a loser? Like what, what is that team even? I have no idea. Yeah. No. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. And yeah, Daniel Jones putting up 402 yards, like. I, I feel like there was a lot of talk this year about Daniel Jones, me even, saying that if, if he doesn't do good this year, if he doesn't play well, they, they need to start looking at a new quarterback because he has been known for turnovers and just bad play. But Daniel Jones these last two weeks has actually looked pretty good. I think he's finally coming around. And I think I, I'm not saying the Giants are going to the playoffs or anything, but I think that Daniel Jones can really turn that uh, turn that ship around and hopefully get the Giants to a couple more wins. Um, and right before you get to your biggest loser, uh, I will, I would like to say my biggest winner. I know we already talked about this game quite a bit, so I won't, I won't talk much. Um, but of course it was, it was, uh, Mac Jones playing as well as he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mac Jones really stepped it up and I, I'm really excited as a Patriots fan, uh, going into the rest of the season. I really think that we can still make the playoffs behind Mac Jones. It's going to be a fight. It's not going to be easy by any means. But Mac Jones is looking really bright over there in New England. Um, but, yeah, who do you got for your, your biggest loser of week four? Yeah, Ma Mac Jones looked impressive. And I, and I wish, as a as a unbiased football fan, I wish they would have given him a chance to win that game. He would have been the hero, you know, against Tom Brady. Obviously, as a Dolphins fan, I don't wish that. But as an unbiased, just, just a football fan, uh, that would have been a, a big-time uh, win for Mac Jones, but he played well, and I think we know who my biggest loser is. We haven't talked about them so far on the podcast. My biggest loser in the NFL right now is the Miami Dolphins rebuild. It's not the Dolphins. It's not. It's not Jacoby Brissett. It's the Dolphins rebuild. They're the biggest loser because this is a this is a rebuild. Mike, I might rant here. Uh, this is kind of why I saved it for the end. Of, Hammer down, Joe. But, you just you. 
Let me know. Give me a call whenever you're done talking <laughs> about them. I was in my feels. It's Monday. This we're recording this on Monday. It goes up on Wednesday. I was in my feels this morning. And the Dolphins just I don't know if you've seen that video where it's like the guy goes, Oh no, we suck again. That's basically us all the time. But, but before you before you rant, I would just like to say it's so funny that the Dolphins lose by ten points and you were literally fixing to go off for probably like thirty minutes about how bad they are. My Patriots lose and they only put up like seventeen points. Yeah. And yet I'm sitting over here like we won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of funny the way the NFL works sometimes. Yeah, listen, and I, I think there's a difference between losing by three points to the Super Bowl champs and losing by ten points but to a team that was not good through three weeks. The Colts were one of the worst teams in the NFL. They had a quarterback who had two sprained ankles. Both of his ankles were sprained. Hey, uh, good old Carl Wentz. That guy could hardly even walk. I was listening to another podcast that were saying uh, every time they were talking about um, Carson Wentz walking, the guy would be like, ow, ow, ow. That's basically what what er, what they were going up against with Carson Wentz. That was him running the ball. He even had like a first down run in this game. It was just like, Oh my goodness. And this game is just an encapsulation of of the Dolphins as a whole. We were sold on as Dolphins fans 2 years ago. Hey, you know, we're 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 rebuilding. We're going to tear things down. It's going to suck for a little bit. It's going to be a little painful, but things will get better. Um and so far we've been through the pain and all we've gotten is more pain. We haven't gotten anything. You know, we we Everybody has been blowing smoke up the butt of Chris Greer, the general manager for the Miami Dolphins, for acquiring draft picks. And this is something I, I, I feel like I, I'm allowed to talk about this because this is something I've been saying for months. I'm not just saying this now that they're losing. I've been saying this before the season even started. Acquiring draft picks is fine. Cool. You got a lot of first-round picks. Awesome. Great job. Uh, you know, you know, claps for you. you. Great job. You acquired a bunch of first-round picks. However, there's a certain po- point you actually have to pick good players. And guess what? You got to win games. First round picks don't win you games. You got to eventually the asset uh, acquiring ends and you just have to have good players on your team. They've gotten rid of Minka Fitzpatrick. They've gotten rid of Laramie Tunsil. These are all pro potential Hall of Fame level players that are no longer on this roster. Brian Flores, you know, and 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 Chris Greer bring in free agents one year. The next year they 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 release them or they trade them and and take a huge dead cap hit. Brian Flores cannot put together a coaching staff. Like I I, I genuinely think Brian Flores is a really good head coach. Uh, or or sorry. A really good coach. I'm not gonna say he's a good head coach. I think he's a phenomenal defensive coach. I I think he's he he's probably one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. I think he's a good motivator. However, his inability to hire a coaching staff is absolutely damning. And I'm telling you, if things don't turn around, Brian Flores will lose his job by the end of the season. It will happen. And I think people are kind of stunned by that. And I talked about it before the season started. Brian Flores could potentially be on the hot seat. There's reports about it. Um, Brian Flores cannot put together a coaching staff. The offensive coordinators, there's 17 of them. We have no idea who's calling plays. They can't call plays to save their life. It's the worst offense. The Dolphins right now rank 31st in total yards. They rank 31st in points. They're They're one of the worst teams in football. 
They're they're absolutely atrocious. This is a team that's supposed to be winning. They've big brained the whole O line situation. They don't have anybody that can play. Austin Jackson's the worst player in the NFL, and he's their starting left tackle. He's a complete disaster. And then you have the Deshaun Watson situation that's constantly in the background. Either trade for him or don't. Stop with all this garbage where it's dancing around it and it's constantly everybody knows the Dolphins are interest, interested in it. You know, he has all these legal situations and you still want to just dangle this in front of your entire team there's no way it's not a distraction so either get it done with either rip the band-aid off trade for him or don't get it over with and this team to me this rebuild is is at a complete standstill this team is this team they got to look themselves in the mirror Stephen Ross has to if things don't change and I don't see how they will I don't I don't know how they change even if Tua comes back, even if they trade for Deshaun Watson, there's so many problems on this team. I don't see how things can turn around this season. There's going to be changes in Miami. This rebuild, I mean, is it's at a standstill. They they really, this team is not where they should be after two years of tanking and rebuilding. But so to me, the biggest loser in all of the NFL right now is me because I root for the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, because they sold us, hey, we're going to do this rebuild in a couple years, we'll be good. Well, your couple years are up, and this team looks worse than ever. This team looks terrible. Um, Sorry, Mike, I I didn't let you talk for a long time, but just had to get some of that stuff off my chest real quick. Joe, Joe, you, I mean, hey, you let it out. You vent a little, because, I mean, trust me, I know... As a Patriots fan, I've I've endured a lot of winning, but last year, you know, we went seven and nine. It was a bit of a struggle. This year, we started off a bit rough. I will I will throw out one more point, um, and it, it is the rebuild point. I've I've never understood tanking. I've never really understood rebuilding because you also have to look at like, in order to rebuild and be success successful, there are there are usually like two to four teams that are always going to be on top of the NFL. You know, they could like alternate. You know, certain years. So in order for you to be relevant after a rebuild, that means you're going to have to win 12 games. You know, winning nine games or 10 games after, like when you're rebuilding, is not going to get you through, well, hey, maybe you'll sneak into the playoffs and right away sneak your way out of the playoffs because I'm sorry, like you're going to have to show your way and, you know, perform at a high level. So for me, rebuilding just doesn't make sense and tanking also doesn't make sense because why are you going to just absolutely throw away your year and your season and play like garbage and then also just get rid of all your good players for garbage players and then continue to get garbage players and really never get good players like i mean i've never understood rebuilding um it it hard in my opinion it it doesn't work very often i mean the team that i can think of recently is like the browns but how long did the browns have to suck before it finally worked for them like uh, I just I do not see a point in tanking or rebuilding. I see a point and if you have a decent team, try to buy your way to to wins, go out and get some additions. And um I mean eventually it'll pay off because I mean three or four years ago when the Rams went all in and nearly won the Super Bowl and then kind of were like a mediocre team and now again they went and bought their way to success. They went out and got Matthew Stafford. So I mean, they didn't need to fully rebuild in order to get yeah. get there, so I don't see why other teams need to do that. I think there's different approaches, and the Dolphins went the approach of tearing tearing the team down to the studs, and and and, and building through the draft, and that's that's a great idea. But when you don't draft well, it doesn't work because they haven't drafted well. They their first round picks in in 2020 are Tua, 
uh, Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany. Austin Jackson is the worst left tackle in the NFL. Noah Igbenogany doesn't even play, and Tua's on, constantly injured. And and you know we we've heard a lot of rumors about the Deshaun Watson situation, and, and it's just such a mess. That whole situation is such a mess. And I, I honestly do believe the Dolphins will pull the trigger at some point. Chris Greer is going to do it to save his job. He's going to trade for Deshaun Watson. It's going to happen. Um, and maybe it's a good thing because if you trade away all our first-round picks, then Chris Greer can't screw up the picks like he's done over and over again. Now, I will say the, the two first-round picks from this year, they've looked okay, uh, Jalen Waddell and Jalen Phillips. However, I don't know. This team is just – they're on a crash course for a, a you know, a 5-12 and 12 season, a, you know, just another disappointment. Uh, and it's, it's hard to imagine this team improving. Uh, but that's going to wrap up our winners and losers segment. Why don't we move on from week four into week five, into our week five picks. Um, and last week, I, I've kind of fallen apart these last few weeks. I had a lead on Mike in the in the, in the the picks. Last week I went eight and seven, not great. Uh, Mike went 10 and five. Mike now has a 39 and 24 record. I have a 37 and 26 record so Mike's got a two game lead uh obviously we didn't talk about the Monday night game because it hasn't happened yet according to us uh when you guys listen to this the game will have already happened but the Chargers and Raiders have yet to play in our universe as we speak right now but as far as week five we have a couple of good games on the schedule why don't we start off with the Thursday night game, the Los Angeles Rams heading to Seattle. This is a good Thursday night matchup. A lot of the times we get tough, tough watches on Thursday night, but I really like this matchup. Who you got in the Los Angeles Rams versus Seattle Seahawks Thursday night affair? I have my Russell Wilson-led Seattle Seahawks. It's going to come out a bit of a surprise because of how well the Rams have played this season. But I don't know. They're going into Seattle, which is one of the loudest stadiums, and I just feel like Russell Wilson's going to get it done. Seattle, that stadium in prime time, that is a tough, tough matchup. I'm going to stick with the Rams, though. I'm going to pick the Rams, uh, which w- with the way things have been going lately, that probably means that you're right and the Seahawks are going to win. But why don't we move over to the Sunday games, and we'll start off with the ga- first game in London. This game's being played at 9.30 in the morning, my time, Uh 8.30 your time, and who knows when it's being played in London, England. But it's the New York Jets versus the Atlanta Falcons. This is a tough matchup because to pick because both these teams are honestly not very good. I'm going to not overreact too much to what the Jets did this week. I'm going to pick Atlanta just because I, I think their offense is, is has higher upside. Uh, both not good teams, but I'm going to pick the Falcons to win. Who you got in this game? Well, Joe, you do realize it is overreaction Monday, and I'm going to do the exact opposite. All I'm right. going with Robert Saley, Zach Wilson, and the playoff-bound New York Jets. Robert Saley. I've never heard it pronounced like that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I have always pronounce it Robert Sala, but, you know, <laughs> whatever whatever works, whatever works. Uh, it's that thick Texas accent in me. I can't pronounce certain words. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we'll move on to... My Miami Dolphins going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. I'm going to pick the Bucs, and I'm going to tell you, I would be willing to bet a pretty decent amount of money the Dolphins will not score a touch, will not score a point in this game. I, I honestly don't think they will score in this game. I'm going to say the Bucs win, and it's not even close. 
Um, Joe, I'm gonna go with the Bucks as well. Um, but I'm not gonna be shocked if the if the Dolphins do score because Brady has struggled against Miami throughout the years. We all know that. So I think it's gonna be like a twenty four to ten game, but I think it's gonna come in the second half when the when the Bucks start actually doing something. I think the first half might be a little bit tight. Okay. That Brady has the the Dolphins were always the most competitive team against Tom Brady in in uh, New England, but I don't know. This team is a mess right now, and Jacoby Brissett is still starting, so I think Tampa Bay wins in convincing fashion. Uh, but New Orleans at Washington. A lot of these games this week are really tough to pick because it's like... Very difficult. It's like, what are these teams? And that's how I feel about these teams. I'm going to pick New Orleans. I don't really have a reason why, honestly. I just don't know. I'm going to pick New Orleans to win. Who you got in this game? Joe, you have Jameis Winston. That's who you have. You know, <laughs> you're really rooting for him. I can tell. But I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, I'm right. thinking the Washington football team. Fair enough. And then we move on to Green Bay at Cincinnati. I'm picking Green Bay. I, Cincinnati's impressed me. They're three and one through four weeks. They've played pretty well, but Green Bay looks to be uh, chugging along to another um, dominant season. Joe, I like that pick, but since Green Bay struggled quite a bit against the uh, uh, against the Steelers, um, I wouldn't say you know were terrible. Um, I'm gonna go with Cincinnati. They oh, look really okay. sharp. I know they didn't put up the biggest fight against the Jags, but protect Joe Burrow and he's him and Jamar Chase. They're they're gonna do some damage. All right. I feel like you've been really nice to the Bengals through. Like I feel like you picked them a lot, and I I've been kind of against them almost every single week, and you're winning in the picks. So maybe you are smarter than me. Uh, and then on to Detroit at Minnesota. I'm going to pick the Vikings to win this game. Who you got in Motor City Dan versus the Vikings? Joe, you know who I have. The <laughs> Vi- I mean, I can pick the Lions 17 straight weeks, 16 straight weeks, <laughs> and they will eventually get away. <laughs> and I'm picking Motor City Dan because I feel like division games, they are terrible. This is not – or this is a division game, actually. Is yeah. it not? Yes, yeah, it yes. is. Um, I think this will be a division game where they are not terrible. I'm taking the the Lions. All right, the Lions in an upset victory over the Vikings. And then on to Denver at Pittsburgh. This is another game of two teams that who knows. I don't know if Ted, Teddy Bridgewater is playing in this game. I'm going to assume he does. I hope he does because Drew Locke is kind of doo-doo at football. Uh, I'm going to pick Denver just because Pittsburgh's offense is a complete and utter disaster. Uh, and Denver's defense, I think, is pretty good. If if Teddy Bridgewater plays, I feel confident that the Denver Broncos can pick up a good win here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got in this game? Joe couldn't agree more. I'm going to go with Mile High Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. And on to the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another divisional matchup. Um, sorry, Urban Meyer. Uh, you're going to have to do a little bit more partying this weekend because I'm going to pick the Tennessee Titans to win this game. Who you got, Mike? Joe, I will also be going with the Tennessee Titans. I do not see any blondes on the other end of that football <laughs> field, so there will be no grinding it's for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. It's starting to make sense maybe why Urban Meyer loved Trevor Lawrence so much, why they picked him first overall. It might be Joe, it's it's that it's long a blonde hair. Thing to think about. It's that long You know, blonde it's a freaky hair. thing to think about. I mean, <laughs> We might get censored for what we're talking about. Oh, (laughs) no. Okay, we'll quickly move on to the next game. Philadelphia Eagles travel to Carolina to play the Panthers. I was quite impressed at times with the Panthers' defense, just flying around the ball. I think the the, the thing about the Eagles that makes them uh, kind of frisky in in games is 
uh, Jalen Hurts' running ability, and the speed, I think, of Carolina's defense will help them in that case. So I'm going to pick Carolina to win this game. Who you got in this game? Philly at Carolina. Joe, I as well have the Carolina Panthers. They had the number one overall defense going into last week, and I think going against a team that isn't the Dallas Cowboys, I think it's going to help them, and I think the, the Panthers are going to pull this one out. All right, and then on to your New England Patriots versus the Houston Texans. I'm going to pick New England, and I don't really feel like I need to tell you why. Joe, you might as well move on to the next game because I think everyone in the world knows who I'm picking. All right, and then on to Cleveland at the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a tough game, especially because I don't even know how the Monday night game is going. I have not even checked on how that game is going at all. Chargers are up 7-0. Chargers up 7-0. Perfect. I'm picking the Chargers to beat the Browns next week. Uh, I think both these teams are pretty good, but the Browns have, have struggled at times, and if Baker Mayfield plays how he did this week against the Vikings, I think it could be a big win for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Joe, I mean, that, that's a great point. And the fact that the Chargers have put up seven points in like 17 minutes of football throughout this game, I, I mean, they're unstoppable. unstoppable. I have to go with the Chargers as well. Very good. And then on to the Chicago Bears at the Las Vegas Raiders, another team that's playing right now, so we don't know a whole lot about how they're looking this week. But I'm going to pick the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Chicago still just is not a very good team, despite winning this last week over Detroit and Motor City, Dan. Um, I'm going to pick the Raiders. Joe, I'm really struggling with this game. The Raiders have not put up any points in this game through 17 minutes, <laughs> so it's it's a real hard game to pick, but I'm going to go also with the Raiders. All right, and then on to San Francisco at Arizona, another good divisional matchup. I'm going to go with the Cardinals, I, I, I believe. I believe I, I really like what I saw with them. I think this is going to be a close game regardless of who starts that quarterback, but I'm going to pick the Arizona Cardinals. Who you got in this game? I am going with the Cardinals as well, um, being 4-0 up against the, uh, the the Niners who have an injury to their number one starting quarterback. I think that the Cardinals are overall a better team, so we're going Arizona. All right, and then on to a another divisional matchup, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about Daniel Jones, how he's playing better. He's playing well, not well enough to beat my Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to say, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys pick up a big win. Who you got in this game? We them boys, Joe. We're going with Dallas. All right. My state. America's team. And then on to the primetime game. Sunday night football, a great matchup. Buffalo versus Kansas City. Uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Despite uh, Buffalo winning every game 400 to nothing the last couple of weeks, I'm going to say Kansas City continues uh, reminding everybody just how good they can be against a good Buffalo Bills team. I think this is a really fun game. Um, I think it's going to be a great uh, game to watch. It's kind of like a rematch game from the playoffs last year. But I just don't see the Chiefs losing this game. Um, Tyreek Hill's probably going to have 85 uh, fantasy points this week. <laughs> so, you know, the Chiefs are going to win this game, Joe. All right. Picking the Chiefs as well. Now on to the final game, the Monday night football game between the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. Despite... Uh, a win finally from the Colts this week. I'm going to say Baltimore wins this game. Indianapolis still not a very good team. Carson Wentz still not a very good quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens are a good team. So I'm going to pick Baltimore. Who you got on Monday night? I'm going with Carl Wentz and Mr. Two Broken Ankles. They haven't looked great really? for their first four weeks. 
But I don't know, Joe. Some about these picks being on Mondays <laughs> instead of on Saturdays when I used to do them right before the game. Okay. I, I just feel so confident in the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz just going to Baltimore and just torching that uh, that defense. And you know what? When we talk next Monday, I will probably be 100% wrong. No, but I just have something. There's someone telling me that the, the Colts <laughs> are winning this game. It has been a crazy couple of weeks uh, in the NFL. So, listen. I, I don't think it's insane. Any team can lose in the NFL on any given Sunday. That's why they play the games. But it is tough to make these picks on Mondays when you just are so fresh off the previous week. I think it shows that with how much we've we've struggled with our picks. But I think that's kind of been across the board. It's been a weird, weird season in the NFL. But I'm looking forward to the rest of the weirdness that this 2021 NFL season has to offer. Mike, it's been a good time. Uh, I don't know about you, but I had a good time on this week's show. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say before we wrap things up here. Joe, um, I I mean, yeah, it was it was fun. It's always fun hanging, talking with you. Um, one last thing I would like to say, uh, just hi to my mom. You know, <laughs> love my mom out there. Love you, you know, mom. She's, she's just the great. Love you, mom. Um, that's all I want to say. Also, shout out to JT, producer. All right. Um, love you, Joe. Um, and, and the fans. I feel like the fans have been awesome. Yeah. Um, listeners have been great. And I just hope they continue to listen. Because, um, I mean, if, if they have as much fun listening as I do talking, I mean, everyone must be having a good time because this has been a lot of fun. For sure. It's it's really fun. It's good to have you back. Uh, it, was, it was weird going back to be, being just me last week, but it's good to have you back. Uh, and it was good to be back and... Good to have you listeners back listening to us. And if you do enjoy the show, make sure you guys give us a five-star rating, five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. Takes away all the pain of having to go and find our newest episode. Literally just downloads it right to your phone. So if you just hit that subscribe button, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Average Joe Show. And uh, looking forward to the remaining 13 weeks in the NFL season, there's quick math for you. Looking forward to it. But for Mike and for JT behind the scenes and for myself, we will catch you guys on the next one.